I didn't think there'd be vampires on campus. We must have been at about 40,000 feet when it happened. <gasps> what was that? You are the Slayer. One girl in all the world. Did anybody say that? Yeah. Guess what? I feel better. Guys, where are we? No, please don't do that with your eyes. <laughs> Damn it, Pat. <laughs> You're never going to go first, huh? Huh? No. Huh? Huh? What? <laughs> that was my grandma. That's what she used to do all the time. Huh? Oh, really? What? I think maybe huh? I think maybe people in my family did too because I've definitely done... I think my mom's side as well because I yeah. feel like... Well, you just said grandma. Huh? I just... I didn't... What? I just huh? assumed it was your mom's side for some reason, but... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Because I feel like people on my dad's side have pointed out that I do that, and I'm like, "Ooh, you do what? <laughs> you say, not, huh? It's very unbecoming." <laughs> you don't do that sometimes. No, I don't think. Maybe so. I've maybe I've dampened it down out of you've, shame. You've tamped it down. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, happy recording day. Happy recording day to you, Sammy Joe. Here we are again, kicking and streaming podcast. This is episode 109. Boy, I feel older and. Giddy up 109. Farther away than... (laughs) (laughs) Than we did when we started this thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Well, when this airs, the next day is my birthday. Whoa, happy birthday day early. Didn't this happen last year? Same thing? Mm, I feel like you pre-warned me last year around your birthday. And I was able to wish you a happy birthday right then and there. In advance. So mm-hmm. I'm just covering my base. Happy birthday. Yep. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. It, and, and this episode is Buffy's birthday, so. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Birthdays all around. Isn't that fun? That's a real life yeah. crossover. Yeah. And also next week, we're going to uh-huh. be doing a double Buffy. Double Buffy again? All right. Well, I'm excited because that's great. That's less notes I have to take. I can just cruise yep. right through Buffy. Probably stack them in one night you know do you suggest that i watch them together oh um i honestly don't remember if these two episodes go together oh okay all right so you know we'll see you see how i feel you know yeah i definitely remember the next one i don't remember the one after that okay all right you just doubling it up but it's not really for a reason I don't think so. Okay. But I've, I feel like I've done this in the past where I'm like, I'm not really sure that these go together. And then I'm like, oh, actually, these go together pretty well. <laughs> right. So. Okay. I don't know if that was intentional or if I was just like, eh. Yeah, this whatever. This seems like a good time to do this. Just pack them in. Just mash them together. Yeah. Pack and mash. I probably should have done that this week, frankly, because this episode of Buffy is. You're not feeling this one? For some reason, I thought maybe you were going to be like in love with this one. Yeah, that is got to be a lie or you don't (laughs) know know, me at all. (laughs) I know exactly why you don't like this episode. Yep. Yep. There's going to be a lot of Dawn talk in there. Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Sure is. At one point, Amy and I actually uh, mentioned, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure Sammy loves this (laughs) during the episode. Yeah. 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 So think okay. it's pretty obvious which show is going to win this week. Really? Wow. It's been a while. Mm. It's been a while Maybe. since Lost yeah. got its win. Yeah. Okay. Well, well but we don't know yet, so. But we don't know because we can't predict the future. A teaser. Yeah. So shall we jump in? 
Let's jump in to Buffy. So this week, we watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 6, Episode 14, Older and Far Away. Original air date. and Far Away. I'm trying to figure out why it's called that. Older because of the birthday. Uh Far Away because she's not with Don much. Is it the Ron Howard movie with Tom Cruise and uh, Nicole Kidman? I don't know. What's that? Far and Away? What's that called? Isn't that called Far and Away? The uh, there is going to be a little bit about the title of yeah. this episode in trivia. Okay, so we'll call that a teaser. D- oh, all right, we'll call that <laughs> a teaser. <laughs> um, but it's not from the movie you were thinking. Far and away, it's, it's from a different movie, which was a book first. Okay, so original air date is February 12, 2002. This episode was written by Drew Z. Greenberg and directed by Michael Gershman. Ah, Gershman. Yep. Cool. Your predictions, you said Willow and Tara will start to make amends. They'll be nice to each other and try to build this relationship back. Maybe one of them will start to date someone else, Mm -hmm. but they'll get back together eventually because they belong together. Yes. Isn't that nice? nice. Yeah. It's nice. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you also said that Jonathan is a catch. He's going to (laughs) turn... You say that all the time about Jonathan. (laughs) He's a catch. Real catch. He's going to turn this bad behavior around. He knows Mm -hmm. what's morally responsible. He'll distance himself from the nerd geek squad trio, and he'll find his way back to the light, which might be standing up to the other twos in a moment of truth. You also like to say the phrase moment of truth a lot. Yep, yep. (laughs) In episode 105 of this podcast, you also said, this is, I guess, sort of relevant. Willow says she's out of the magics, and maybe she will be for a little while, but the suppression will be tough. When it finally does come out, it will unleash like crazy. It will do some damage, but maybe she'll be able to control it, and she'll enter a new level of magic consciousness where she becomes a magic Jedi, and she'll only use it for good only when her friends are in peril, not to close curtains. Ah, look at that, huh? So, so yeah, we come close. We come happen, close. But, but you know. It's, yeah, we're it's, brushing I'll, I'll right this, up against that prediction. All right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So this episode opens with Buffy packing a bag of weapons. Mm. She apologizes to Dawn for having to rush out, but promises that they'll sit down and have a real dinner. Dawn says she understands, but as soon as Buffy leaves, she looks upset. Cut to Buffy walking around the cemetery with an axe. When a red-faced demon with kind of crazy, like, floof hair. I don't know what's yeah. going on with this guy's hair. I said, <laughs> he's this got, demon's like, got some fancy mop. He's, like, he's like rocking, you know, he's ready to, like, rock and roll. Join, like, a hair metal band or something. I like it. I like yeah. this demon. And he's got, like, black, spiny, spiky things coming out of his head. He's sure, crazy looking. That. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He attacks her with a sword and bends her axe with it. Whoa. And then just disappears, which feels familiar because that's what happened last episode. Then he reappears. Buffy disarms him, sending the sword skyward. Skyward sword. That's a Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> Buffy catches the sword and stabs him in the gut. And bright aqua light flashes from him. Fling, Buffy fling. is thrown back. Fling, fling. The demon lands on his knees and then is sucked into the sword. But Buffy Whoa. doesn't see this. Yeah, she's like, 
She had her head down, you know? Yeah. So when she turns around and doesn't see him, she says, run off, huh? Afraid to face a true warrior? And then she gets up, <laughs> sees Speaking the sword and says... Yelling yeah. off into the ether. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she sees the sword and says, ooh, shiny, and picks it up and kind of swings it around. <laughs> and then we get the intro. It's nice to have a, you know, souvenir from a battle like that. Yeah, you know, she doesn't get that often. Sometimes right. it's just like... You know, nasty blood demon. I know. You would think she'd so, have a, like a huge collection of like demon weapons at this mm. point with all the fights that she's been in. Yeah. It'd be a cool That's armory true. to visit, huh? Demon yeah. armory. Yeah. Just see a bunch of like spiked and, and crazy stuff. Although this sword was pretty elegant. This was a nice sword. Yeah. yeah. It's didn't kinda have, like didn't uh, have, it wasn't flashy, it was just Yeah. Simple. I'm trying to think of what it looked like. Kind of like a Conan sword, but without like the, the uh, what do you call the 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 cross part? What's that part? I it don't protects know. your hand from getting sliced. You know. Mm. Pommel. Pommel. Isn't that the? I don't know. No, I, don't I don't know sword lingo. Yeah, no, I think it's called something else. It's I know like boat a, stuff. You know. Yeah, you know boat stuff. Yeah. Oh, okay. Bow stern. Hoist the sails. Aft. Daft. Starboard port. Mm-hmm. Poop deck. Poop deck. Plank. Walk the plank. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Anyway, after the intro. Shiver me timbers. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what uh, Dawn said after her first kiss, remember? <laughs> really? That's what she said? Remember? Yeah, when she kissed the vampire in the car. And she said, shiver, she said, me, shiver timbers. me timbers. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember that. Were they talking about pirates? Because like or Xander, Xander was talking about it. Oh well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anya said that Xander was going to teach her a game called Shiver Me Timbers. Oh uh, right, and then yeah. so she just it just popped so into her she brain. Just, She's yeah. like Shiver Me Timbers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, after the intro, Xander, Willow, and Anya are at the magic box, and Anya asks if they should set up lots of candles for Buffy's birthday party. Xander says not the slug ones. She's trying to offload those. And then uh, tells Willow that Buffy wants Tara to go to the party. And Willow is, you know, she's like happy and excited about that. Slug candles? Is that what she said? Yeah. Boy, talk about a slow burn. Am I right? (laughs) 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 Woo! Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Good. I like that. Cool. Thanks. You know, I'm actually sad that they didn't work that in. I know, right? See, this is what I'm saying. They got to hire us. We could reboot this thing. Definitely. Yeah. So Dawn arrives, Buzzkill, and asks if anyone <laughs> wants to join her at the mall, <laughs> but no one can make it. Willow's like, Willow says that she's in kind of like an AA for a witches group, which mm-hmm. is, you know, good for her. Yeah. Um, bumped out, Dawn leaves. Uh, no, she calls it Spellcasters Anonymous. Oh, S-C-A. Yeah, S-A-S-A. I, well, spellcasters probably all one word. Sa. Anyway, <laughs> Dawn leaves, and you know maybe she should get her own friends. Okay, where's yeah. Janice? Quit being a leech, Dawn. Yeah, Dawn. Yeah. Where is Janice? She's probably out smooching with some creepos. Yeah, with zombies. Yeah, She's with zomb- moved on. zombies. She's like, oh, let me get even more dead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh yeah i wasn't trying to hang out with my older sister's friends 
I had my own shit going on. Ooh, I was know? totally hanging out with my older brother and his friend. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wanted so badly to hang out with them when I was like you 15. You wanted to be in the bad boys club? And they were 22. Yeah. Oh, they were like yeah, going that's out to a clubs and difference. stuff. And I was like, yeah. I want to go out in clubs. They're like, sorry, you wouldn't be able to get in the door. But it, yeah. I thought it was so much fun. We'd go out to the movies and then we'd go bowling or we'd go to Thai food. That was kind of where it was at, you know? Yeah, I wasn't trying to do that. I was totally trying to do that. <laughs> it's funny because Dave and I were talking about this and then he was like, well, you know, if your sister was the slayer and had cool friends who were like witches and ex-demons and stuff, like you might, then it might be different. And I was like, yeah, I guess probably. Yeah, you would so want to hang out with them. If you were Don, but you I'd would be Don. I'd probably still also have my own friends. <laughs> yeah, you think so? I think I would, yeah. All right. You got to. That's just what's healthy, you know? You got to. Don't be weird, okay? <laughs> Cut to later that night, Dawn arrives home, calls for Buffy, but doesn't get an answer, and she pulls out a bunch of jewelry with tags still on them from Uh-oh. her coat pocket, Klepto. then takes off her coat to reveal a leather jacket underneath, and it still has a tag on it. And I wrote day, in my notes, this jacket is very Buffy. The leather one? Yeah. Yeah, I I thought that as well. I thought she was trying to dress up like her. Yep. Yeah. That's what it looks like here. I know. So the next day, uh, when she's in class, Dawn is called to the guidance office. Office. The guidance counselor, a pretty woman with short brown curly hair, wearing a necklace with a large dark gem. Did you recognize who this was at this moment? No. Okay. I didn't. I was wondering if you would have. So no, I, I just definitely didn't, didn't pick say it up. It. Yeah. So she apologizes for scaring Dawn and says that this is just a follow-up after her loss. She points out that Dawn's grades have slipped and Dawn says that she's fine. And the counselor says, I know it must seem weird talking to a stranger about stuff, but I want you to know that if something's going on, something's up, my job, the most important part of my job is looking out for you. Dawn assures her that she's okay. And the counselor says, I know there's been a lot of loss. And Dawn says, people have a tendency to go away and I miss them. And sometimes I wish I could just make them stop going away. She tells the counselor she's fine. And then we cut to a whole lot of fancy hors d'oeuvres on some platters. Buffy yeah. says that she's invited Sophie from work. We don't know who Sophie is. Oh, but we and, find out. Yep. And Xander and Anya invited, quote, an attractive single man for Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> uh tara arrives buffy hugs her um and no one else is around so tara asks you know how how buffy is doing and if spike is coming and buffy says no then we see willow in her room anxiously adjusting her clothes in the mirror and then we're back to tara telling buffy that she's kind of nervous too as willow comes down the stairs and buffy not so subtly excuses herself and willow and tara nervously and adorably say hello Then Tara rushes to the kitchen to get a drink from Buffy as Spike enters the kitchen door, saying that Willow mentioned the party to him. And he's with Clem, the droopy-skinned kitten poker player. (laughs) That's where we've seen him before. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Xander walks into the kitchen and introduces Richard, a shaggy-haired, handsome young man in a red shirt. Oh, yeah. I thought uh, this guy kind of looked Goo Goo Dolls-ish. You know, he kind of had that Goo Goo Dolls haircut. <laughs> I could see that. You yeah, know? just kind of like he shaggy. also looks a little bit. 
He also looks a little bit like if you mixed Shaggy and what's the other the blonde guy Fred together? Fred? <laughs> George? The, the Scooby people? Yeah. It's Fred. Fred? It's Fred, yeah, Fred. right? Okay. The blonde guy Fred, yeah. Yeah. If you like mix the two of them together. Sure. That's kind of who this guy looks like. All right. I kind of see that, I guess. Yeah. Um, did you watch uh, much Star Trek? No. I mean, I saw okay. the newer movies. I like those. Oh, yeah. Well, that's because doesn't J.J. Abrams do them? You got it. All right. Well, I know you if I know you. Mm-hmm. There's a reference there, so but I'll get to it in trivia. Okay. <clears throat> that's why I asked. Uh, yeah, so he, um, Xander tells Buffy to show Richard where he should park his car. Buffy leads him out of the room as Spike raises a brow at her, and Richard sees Clem and... Buffy tells him that it's a skinned condition and he doesn't like to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, don't bring it up, all right? It's just, it's you know, it is what it is. Yeah, and they leave the room and Spike says, stupid git. But Tara says, I think he seemed cute and Clem agrees with her. Yeah, Clem's the like, I think he's cute too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like Clem, he seems nice. Yeah, I, I thought that uh, as, as well. I wrote, Spike and Clem meant show up because that's his full name right clement yeah but then yeah. he says clem i said clem seems to be a nice guy yeah <laughs> yeah why not <laughs> you know aside from his kitten poker playing right but you know that's just a way of life you know clem's yeah, gotta but... eat too yeah i guess yeah but when you In think about room... it sammy joe mm-hmm. when you really get down to it i mean how many kittens do we need in the world uh, I wasn't going to go that far, but I was <laughs> okay. going to say, I know kittens are cute and stuff, but like, aren't like pigs cute too? Yeah, they are. And aren't cows kind of cute That's why I'm adamantly too? against eating any uh, baby animals. <laughs> right. But once they grow up, aren't they still kind of cute? You say, no, know. let's slaughter them and I eat live them. Up the, <laughs> I live up the street from chickens, so... It's just funny that they're that, not cute. They scream all day, Pat. That's what they do. <laughs> I'm just saying it. It's funny that as a human species, we go, "Oh my God, eating kittens! That's so terrible." Yet no, there's all it's these true. cows and pigs and stuff. They're all kind of cute too. They, they all have the same are. same bit of soul as a cat does. Believe right? me, I have a very hard time with the fact that I eat meat. Okay? This is very pro vegan of me. It is. I'm still yeah, a meat still eater. Eat meat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm just saying, just like as a thought experiment, you really think through it, you know? Yeah. Well, we, thank you. I'm just yeah. going to go vomit up my dinner now. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> why not? <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, why are you trying to make me vomit every episode? I'm not trying to make you vomit. I'm just, you know, I'm asking life's hard questions. Actually, Dave made a really good dinner tonight. He made like a, like a pink sauce with like tomato and heavy cream and he fried up some chicken real good mm. and threw in some mushrooms and stewed tomatoes that sounds pretty and good put it over um put it over pepardel oh yeah wow. yeah he threw in threw in some spices wow some spice a little bit of red too. pepper so yeah. it's like just it was like just enough heat just like just gets your tongue warm. wow Ugh. oh it was wow. so good Jeez. Chef's yeah. kiss, huh? I know, really, wow. really. He's such a good. I'm a. I'm a very lucky lady. Wow, just he's so a phenomenal lucky. cook. Yeah. So you know, I can't waste that. Yeah. All right. Anyway, let's get back to <laughs> kitten eating. 
Uh, in the living room, Dawn suggests that Buffy open some presents, but Anya says that Buffy is making a new grown-up friend. Uh, so Spike catches Buffy alone and asks if she wants to slip away, and Buffy says no, then accuses Spike of being jealous of Richard. <laughs> we cut to later, <laughs> Buffy's opening up gifts, including a self-massager from Willow, which Spike makes a suggestive, like Spike gives Buffy a suggestive smirk when she's <laughs> opening it. Why? Gross. Because, I don't know, there's things you can do with that, Pat, okay? What? You massage your back, Sammy Joe. Yep, that's it. Dawn, <laughs> Dawn hands Buffy a box, and she opens it to reveal the leather jacket that she was wearing earlier. In Ooh, the also, the uh, wrapping paper that Dawn chose was very nice. It's a nice mocha swirl wrapping paper. I don't know oh. if you noticed. <laughs> Wow, I yeah. just, no, I didn't. Very classy. It's, it's so, like that expensive stuff. You don't get that at the Dollar Tree, I'll tell you that. Well, she probably swiped that too. She totally stole it from like uh, wrapping Gifts R Us. Actually, you know? I bet not because, Think she bought you know, it? Joyce, well, Joyce had an art gallery, so uh-huh. I feel like Joyce is a woman who probably has nice wrapping paper. Oh, stashed away in the closet upstairs? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So... I bet you she didn't steal that. All right. She just found it. I bet it. you that was a Joyce purchase. Okay. That would be my guess. Um, yeah. And Buffy notices that the security tag is still on the jacket. Uh-oh. <laughs> Before they can dive into that, though, Xander wheels in a giant ornate wooden chest handmade by him. It's beautiful. Yeah. And he quietly explains to Buffy how it will hold weapons and then says loudly that it has a CD holder for Richard's benefit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of looks like a treasure chest, though. Yeah. Yeah, shiver me timbers, am I right? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, then Sophie, a nervous-looking, brown-haired young woman, arrives and says, my mom told me to say thank you right away because otherwise I usually forget. So... Thank you. And Aww. also, um, I can't have any chocolate or peanuts or egg yolks and sometimes dairy. Sounds like my son. <laughs> I was like, sounds like Pat's <laughs> kids come to the party. But I wasn't going to say it. I was like, I better not say it. I know. Because I don't want to piss off Pat. Yeah. But yeah. 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 Is that is that what it's like for him to go to the party? That's what it's party? like. It sucks, man. It sucks because it's, you know, you got to let people know because. Yeah. You know, you never know. People are going to, you know, eat a bunch of dry roasted peanuts, then come kiss you on the face. You never know. Yeah. So you got to be careful. I actually have been eating a lot of dry roasted peanuts lately. Right? That's what I'm saying. And then someone like you just comes smooching, and we got to watch <laughs> right. out. That's I mean, what you I would do. Be, you I would you be just aware. run around, you smooch. You say, I wouldn't run around smooching your Hello child. There. <laughs> you pinch him by the cheek. Look at you. Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> thanks auntie sammy be like that but i mean dairy and soy like i have friends who while she was pregnant and breastfeeding couldn't have soy or dairy because the baby was allergic and like that stuff is in everything i know you know i mean like even though there's so many dairy free options a lot of the dairy free options have soy in them yeah or almonds right you know yeah so. it's just it's a lot so yeah poor sophie you know Mm-hmm. gotta live in a bubble so anya whispers don't to have buffy to live that. in a bubble <laughs> you can live your uh, life just cautiously yeah 
And have an EpiPen at all times. Yes, that's very important. Anya whispers to Buffy that her friend is better. (laughs) And Buffy does introductions and Dawn looks out the front door all mopey before closing it. Then we pan across to see her guidance counselor walk across the porch to the front door, morph into demon face. Do you recognize her now? Halfrick. Yeah. Yeah. It's Halfrick. And she says, oh, I thought maybe you would have written it down and would want to say it, but. No, what she says. She says, <laughs> wish granted. Wish granted. <laughs> <laughs> Music is playing. Sophie and Clem are dancing. So nice. <laughs> Dawn looks like she's trying to have fun. Richard tells Buffy everyone's having fun. And even though it's late, no one's thinking about going home yet. Wait, this is when he the al- camera like drifts across the room and everybody's sort of like dancing. Yeah. And then uh, uh, Anya is just on the- Anya is just like yeah, waving her hand. Yeah, she just hand. has her one hand <laughs> in the air, just sw- yeah. swooshing it left and right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was pretty good. I like that yeah. That dance move. That mm-hmm. Anyaism. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, Richard offers to get Buffy a drink and- uh, she's like, no, it's okay. Like, I'm just going to go back to the party. And he's like, okay, I'll look out for you. And it's like, dude, they're just like in this one room, basically, or like a couple of rooms. Like, where are you going to not see her? Quit smothering me. <laughs> Damn it, Richard. <laughs> Richard walks away and then Spike swoops in, of course, to make fun of him to Buffy. And then he puts her hand on his thigh and then Tara sees them. <laughs> <laughs> and they funny. pull a, they pull apart. Buffy walks away and Spike says that Buffy was helping him with a muscle cramp. <laughs> and, and Tara's like, a muscle cramp yeah. in your pants? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that happens. It happens. <laughs> I, I really like, I feel like Tara is just ace in this episode. I feel like she's really funny. Yeah, she's good. Um. So Willow volunteers to get some beer and Sophie says that she can't drink beer because of barley, but she'll go with her. But no one actually gets up to leave. They're like, okay. And then they don't get up and leave. Later, Dawn, Buffy, Richard, and Anya are playing Monopoly while Xander, Tara, Spike, and Clem are paying, playing poker. So, excuse me, sans kittens. Mm. Richard points out that it's 2 something a.m., and Don suggests a slumber party. Oh, Spike yeah. says he can think of some late night activities to keep us busy till morning. He's like trying what? to get Spike? some all night. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, then he's Tara itching. asks. <laughs> Tara asks if his leg cramp is still bothering and him. And he's like, "Yeah." <laughs> and she's like, "Maybe you should put some ice on it." <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that was good. Cut to later. It's now daylight, and Willow and Sophie are asleep on the sofa. Sophie Sofa, while mm. Xander, Dawn, and Clem are on the floor watching cartoons, and Dawn is like having the time of her life, you know? Right? She's just like, oh my God, everybody's around. I've just never had people around this much ever. So they pulled an all nighter, yeah? They pulled an all nighter. When's the last time you pulled an all nighter, Sammy Joe? Um, Can you remember? I feel like you are incapable of pulling an all nighter. I feel like yeah. you would just pass out at about 3 a.m. You'd be like, Guys, honestly, uh, well, and then you just pass I'll out. Hit, I hit giggle o'clock, and you hit then giggle clock, and then you pass yeah, out. Yeah, and then I pass shortly out shortly thereafter. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've definitely pulled an all nighter, 
but then you pass out at like 10 a.m. The last, <laughs> I mean, the only time I can think of doing that, because like even with like, you know, New Year's Eve and stuff, like you stay up and then everybody goes home and then you go to bed at like whatever, one well, yeah, yeah, yeah. o'clock. That's not an all-nighter. No, but like the only time I can think of doing that, at least in recent memory, is when the second iPhone came out <laughs> and I was working at Apple at the time. <laughs> You're a genius. And um, the guy I was dating wanted to wait in line for it. And I was like, fine. Like I was really adamantly against doing that. But then I, for some reason, agreed. But then I was like, but I'm, I want to be the first one to get the phone. And which uh, thinking about now, I'm like, that sounds so stupid. Why would you do that? <laughs> Got to get that sweet, but I was sweet like, iPhone too. I was like 21 or 22. So it was a lot easier to like stay up all night. So yeah, yeah. we just literally stayed up all night mm-hmm. in in the mall. Yeah. Wow. That That's the only thing I can think of. Amazing. I did it multiple, multiple, multiple times with my friend Joe when we were mm-hmm. in high school. We would just yeah. stay up all night playing video games and watching movies, and we just never wanted the fun to stop. So we just we just stay up all night. I probably did do that. I probably did do that a couple of times playing video games. Yeah, and then we'd go. I remember one day we pulled an all nighter, and then we went to the skate park the next morning. We got there as they opened the gates, and we skateboarded. And I remember being so tired and like oh my slightly God. delirious. Like I'm like you know yeah. I had no sense of time. It's crazy to think, think that I was driving a car too. You yeah. know, it's 17. <laughs> and a skateboard. No sleep. What do you mean? I, well, you're riding a skateboard. Yeah. Also. Right. Well, yeah. Once I got to the skate park, pulled the skateboard yeah. out, you know. I just think about that and I'm like, I would, I would just collapse. Yeah. I can't even, like, I can't even, it's hard enough for me to stay up past like 1030. Right. I know. These days. It you know? hurts. Just, it hurts now. Just yeah. And then you're, then the next day, you're like, like, what did I just drink like, you know, two six packs by myself? That's how I feel. Right. That's, you know, we used to get uh, two liters of <laughs> Dr. Pepper, like each, and then just, you know, just suck oh them my down. Oh, God. Eat, we'd, we'd drink that and we'd eat honey buns from the convenience store and uh, pizza flavored combos. That was our other hit. Yeah. Pringles, too. That was where it's mm. at. Yeah. We were all up in it. It's great. It's a good time. You don't like these snacks, no? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not a fan. All right. Uh, but Xander is unconcerned, and Richard doesn't understand why he isn't leaving. Spike makes a few jokes about eating Richard, and Buffy pulls him aside and says, We do not joke about eating people in this house. <laughs> In the kitchen, Tara is helping herself to some cereal when Willow walks in, and they both agree that they want slash need to leave, but also don't want to. Buffy tells Spike that it's time for him to go, and he points out that it's daytime, so Buffy says that she'll go, and they both try to move, but can't. Then we cut to everyone gathered in the living room, and Buffy says, there's something keeping us in this house. Xander says, or someone. Willow suggests that they all try to throw themselves at the door, so Xander counts down and no one moves. And Dawn is a mope bucket in the corner. <laughs> mope bucket. <laughs> mope bucket. So you got to mope the floors with that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Buffy says, I know we all have places that we'd rather be. And we see Dawn looking angry because she can't get her own goddamn friends. 
Buffy says, I think the first priority has to be to find a way out. And Dawn says, sure, of course you all want to leave. Because being stuck in here with me, that would really suck, right? Uh, yeah, it would, Dawn. Look at you. Okay, when you listen put it to like you. that, Dawn. Actually, yes. But Willow says, no, Donnie, it's just we have more important things to do. And Dawn's like, yeah, I know, important, whatever that means, right? And she storms past them up the Jeez. stairs, goes into her bedroom and throws herself onto her bed. Uh, Yeah, Dawn, like, I don't know, making money so that I can support, you know, like pay for this house, going to classes. Fucking yeah, Dawn. look out, the Don Nato's in town. Ugh. Yeah, so she throws herself onto her bed, but Buffy, Xander, Willow, Tara, and Spike are hot on her heels. Buffy asks Dawn Don't if she Don't chase her, just let her be. That's that's my move. I just go, eh, I know. whatever. Just let, yeah. I just, just get let, so you know, <sighs> Let her tire herself out. Yeah, <laughs> no, whatever. You want me to chase? That's... I'm not chasing. Not chasing. Well, I mean, I think I agree with you in general, but they're like, mm. They they are, they went after her because they're like, hey, did you do something? <laughs> like, are we all stuck here because of you? Uh, um, yeah. And that's basically basically like what you know Buffy asks. Yeah. Um, and you know Don Willow and Tara kind of ask that as well, and Don gets all huffy, and Xander says, no, it's just you know you're upset because we all want to leave, and now we can't leave. Only thing missing is a cornfield. There isn't a cornfield, is there? Do you know what that reference is? Say it again. I think it's something about a cornfield. Is yeah. The only uh, children of the corn? Yeah. Yeah. Nailed it. Yeah. Quick story. Jeez, huh? oh, what? <laughs> you saw children of the corn? Yeah. And but you got I, scared of cornfields? It was like a second date with a girl, I think. And... Uh, She's like, let's watch a movie. I was like, sure, what do you want to watch? She's like, one of my favorite movies, Children of the Corn. And I was like- red flag. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. so we watched Children of the Corn, and Mm. that was interesting. Yeah, I mean, I've never seen them. Uh, Mm -hmm. They don't seem particularly good. Yeah. I, yeah. Would you agree? I don't think it was that great. Yeah. Yeah. For that to be someone's favorite movie, it's like, come on. <laughs> I don't know, something. Yeah. What's wrong with you? Right. There are way better horror films. <laughs> <laughs> so Dawn keeps saying that she didn't do anything. And Xander says, well, because, you know, sometimes we do something that seems like a good idea, a good idea at the time, like, say, invoke the power of a musical amulet. And it turns out, you know, not so much. And Dawn says, God, I didn't do anything. I wish I had. I'm glad you're trapped. How else can I get anybody to spend any time with me? Yikes. Just like, you know what? This dude. is making you not desirable to be. No. You know. It's not like this kind of uh, behavior turns people to go, oh, we should hang out with her more. People yeah, are just like, no, no, you sound like a fucking demon, Ugh. and I would know because I fight them for a living. Right. Yeah, so Buffy says, Dawn, if you want us to spend time with you, and Dawn says, I don't, get out, and then she does her get out, get out, get out. screechy banshee scream telling them to get out, get out, get out, <laughs> exactly like she did last year on Buffy's birthday. Really? Yep. 
This is just a yearly uh, annual thing now. Yearly tantrum, because you know it's not—it's not about her, right? It's somebody else's birthday, oh. so she's got to throw a fucking tantrum. What happened last year's birthday? What was that? <sighs> what did happen last year's birthday? <laughs> How do you remember that she threw a tantrum on her birthday, but not remember what happened in the episode? Because it's in the trivia. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Or it was in it I was see. in the trivia that I that I read. Um, let's see. Last year. Oh, is it when uh, the body? Is it the body? Mm-mm. No. No. Oh my god. All right. Um. So they're dealing with glory. They find out that she's a god. The knights of Byzantium show up, and everybody else knows that Dawn is the key, but they're they're like keeping it from Dawn. But yeah. then she uh, goes in, she breaks into the magic shop with Spike right. and finds out that. that she's the key. And yeah. then she's at home and she's like, is this even real blood? Oh, right. Ah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And then Buffy is like, you're still real to us. And Dawn's like, no, I'm not. Right. And that yeah. was her birthday. That was Buffy's birthday. That was Buffy's birthday. Wow. Okay. Well, she always knows yeah. what's to get get buffy big old tantrum fest tantrum yep (laughs) yeah all right um yeah so again not a memorable episode because dawn was throwing a fucking tantrum and it was even though it was buffy's birthday it was a very dawn centric episode yep so yeah so she screams they leave and back downstairs anya says that she thinks dawn is possessed which i think is a reasonable thing to think Mm-hmm. And Xander just says that she's a teenager. Tara tells them that the phones are all out. And Buffy says that maybe magic might be their best bet. Uh, something general to cast a wide net. And Tara volunteers to do it so that Willow doesn't have to. And Willow fesses up and admits to keeping some magic supplies just in case. Huh. Everyone looks disappointed at her. But Tara says, just... Bring me what you have, but I'm doing this alone. You need to stay away from it. Cut to Tara mixing up what looks like a sweet mud pie in the kitchen. Yeah, this is what my daughter does. She makes mud pies all the time. Oh, yeah. I loved making mud pies. She calls it gualet, though. That is a term. Yeah. <laughs> what? Where'd she, she come up it. with that? I have no idea. She just, one day she's like, I'm making gualet. I'm like, okay. <laughs> So now we, we're always cleaning up the gualet. And when I say we, I mean Amy's cleaning it up because I look at it and I get like the heebie-jeebies when I look at it. I go, yeah. You're like, mm, I can't touch yeah. gualet. It's just like, yeah. It's just like, <laughs> just, yeah. It's just like old. Sounds like she combined guano, which is bad <laughs> poop. Guano! Yeah. And wallet. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah it's a guano wallet that's... it's guallet <laughs> that's really funny <laughs> yeah um your daughter is something else man she is something special <laughs> she is um yeah so tara's making mixing up some guallet <laughs> <in the kitchen. laughs> um and uh willow anya and spike are ready at like at the door to try to walk out the front door Richard walks by and says, all right, somebody want to tell me what's going on here? We're trapped in a house by what seems like some unseen force or something. 
who knows what she's doing in there, pointing to the kitchen, <laughs> mixing up gualit. <laughs> and I have to tell you, and he looks at Clem, I don't think that's a skin condition. Nobody really? responds to him. You think so, Dick? It's his name. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, nobody responds to him. And then in the kitchen, Tara lights the mud pie gualit on fire, and it turns into a red flame and then smoke that trails through the house. And she says, release. She tells spike willow and anya to try the door but they don't move and you know, we see throw the smoke. some latin into it enough with the one word spells i know they're you know they're next level now they, eh, they don't not so much use... though you see what happens yeah she needs some latin that's all i'm saying yeah true yeah be more um, specific yeah, so they don't move but we see the smoke swirl around the sword from buffy's monster fight earlier in the episode and then a silvery Alex Mack-like substance leaks out of the sword as or the gang. Or T-1000 from Terminator 2. Sure, yep. Liquid alloy metal. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember that. What? Right. Terminator 2, Sammy don't. Joe. Ter- Terminator 2. The re-terminating? No, Judgment Day, <laughs> Sammy Joe. Okay. <laughs> so T-1000 substance. Yeah, T-1000. T-1000. Leaks out of the sword as the, <laughs> as the gang keeps trying to leave. And then the red-faced demon, fully corporeal, raises his sword. Mm. The demon snarls, slashes Richard in the stomach with his sword, and then tackles him, and he Yikes. disappears. Oh, Buffy tackles him, and then he disappears. He reappears behind Buffy. Knocks her back into Spike and then disappears again. Ooh, Buffy yeah, says, "Vanishing and reapparating." Yes. Yeah. Apparating and disapparating. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Buffy says that it's the demon she killed two nights ago. And Xander, looking at Richard's stomach, says it looks pretty bad. They roll him onto his back, and we can see a bloody gash across his shirt. Ew. Tara says they need to get him to a doctor, and Buffy promises that they'll be out of there soon. Smash cut to nighttime again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everyone's starting to panic and like pacing around. Spike tells Buffy that maybe she should just not celebrate her birthday. I wonder if you could uh, order a pizza and if it would still like, could you be able to, I mean, I guess they can't open the door, huh? Yeah. Could they? Pizza guy would have to come in and then the pizza guy couldn't leave. I'm trying to think of a creative way around this, you know, creative solution here. Could they throw like a coffee table out the bay window? Just to, like, smash it open? I think they just can't leave. They physically okay. cannot leave. So they can't leave, right? But if they they can't open the door for the pizza guy, right? Because that's too close to leaving. But mm-hmm. if they threw the coffee table out the bay window, smash it, then at least you'd create an opening, right? And then well, when you call I, to I order think... your dominoes, you just tell them, you know, just pass it through the broken window in the front. I think that he could get through the door. Like, he could open the door. If it's unlocked, that is. If it's unlocked. Right, but if it's locked. But then he could not, He if he came in, then he wouldn't be able to leave. Right. Now, if there was a spare key outside, you could tell the delivery boy to use a spare key to let yourself in and leave the pizza. Or, well, or I think maybe as long as the intention is not to leave, they could probably open the door. Mm. Like as long, if they're like letting somebody in... Well, they should have... And the intention is not to leave, then I think they probably could unlock the door. They should have made that intention somehow. So at least they could open the door, you know? 
Well, like we don't know. One, we don't open the we door. We don't know. All yeah. right. And then step two, try that. to launch Dawn out the front door. That'd be great. <laughs> That'd be great. Let's never see her again. <laughs> Buffy goes upstairs, leaving behind Dawn and Spike, who hear creaking noises that sound like they're coming from the walls. Oh, yeah. In Willow's bedroom, Richard is lying on her bed, Tara dabbing at his wound. And for some reason, his shirt is still on. Don't understand that. Yeah, you got to take that thing off. You got to yeah. see what see what's going on, you know? Yeah, because like she's like da- like trying to clean it. But so I was like, I don't know, maybe it's like nope, his it's shirt not. is like stuck to it or something and Ugh. she doesn't want to rip it out. I don't know. No, they, they can gotta, hear the creaking. They got to get uh, scissors and cut that thing right down the center so, and then just open it from the front. That's what you yeah. got to do. That's what well, a they're not, does. you know, they're not surgeons, so they're not going to do that. Well, they need a jack scramble in there. Also, with the creaking sound effect that's going mm-hmm. on in the house, very cool yeah. and surround sound, let me just say. It was, yeah, I bet. Yeah. I bet like that was cool. Creaking and croaking all around. Yeah. yeah it's very neat. Yeah, and so Buffy is walking down the hallway with what looks like Faith's knife, um, and she can also Katie? hear the creaking. Uh, no, Katie was the, um, <laughs> the zombie guy's, guy's knife. knife. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I always think it's Faith's. Uh, Anya is starting to have a panic attack and she's like sweating as Xander tries to soothe her. Then he goes downstairs to get her water. The demon jumps out, holds his his sword. Okay. Holds his sword (laughs) at Xander's throat. (laughs) Uh, Spike tries to take the sword away, but the demon tosses him back and then tosses Xander aside as Buffy runs in to join the fight. He slices uh, Xander's arm and Buffy yells for Spike to grab the sword. Spike tries again, but is tossed back by the demon again. Buffy gets in a few more kicks and punches, and then the demon disappears. She goes, she uh, starts to move over to Xander to check his arm, but Anya arrives, and Xander tells her that he's okay. Later, Buffy asks Dawn if she's okay, and Dawn says, Do you care? Do you care? <sighs> and Buffy tells her to stay with Spike. Dawn storms after her and complains that Buffy has this thing you do and all these friends and she doesn't know what it's like to be alone. Still don't care. Be a tolerable human being, Dawn, and you'll make friends. Okay? Just be cool, Dawn. Just be cool. Just Play chill the cheesy. F out. Yeah. All right? Just cool the jets. Cut to Tara, Spike, Anya, Willow, and Xander in the living room. Tara says they've tried everything magic-wise, but Anya points out that Willow is more powerful than Tara. And she's sitting around doing nothing. Yeah. And Spike kind of tries to butt in, but Xander interrupts and agrees with Anya, saying that they brought Willow back from it once, and they can do it again, meaning like her using too much magic. Right. Um, But Willow puts her foot down. She says, no, I can't. If I start, I might not be able to stop. And Anya says, and whose fault is that? And she stands up and walks towards Willow. You know, if you hadn't gotten so much of this into your system in the first place, and Tara says, hey, you're going to back off. And she stands in between Willow and Anya, facing Anya down and says, she said no, and that's it. You're not going to make her do something that she doesn't want to. And if you try, she crosses her arms. You're going to have to go through me first. Understood? Woo, Tara. Tara, standing her ground. And Anya says, fine. If you all aren't willing to get us out of this, then I will do it myself. And she storms out of the room. Back in Buffy's room, Dawn is continuing to complain about how sad her life is because she's the absolute worst. 
So Somebody of course no one wants to be around her. Mm-hmm. How she talk and she mentions how she talked to a guidance counselor. Uh, and we're gonna do a couple of lines here. Okay. Are you gonna make me be Don? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and so Buffy says, counselor. It wasn't my idea. I didn't even know we had guidance counselors. She called me out of class like I was a total JD. Uh, your Don sounds very close to your Ben, I just want to say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks. Uh, Buffy says, and you'd never met her before? No, not until yesterday. And she got you to start talking about things that bothered you at home? Uh, yeah. You didn't, by any chance, happen to express like a wish or something to her? Um... Maybe just a little. They hear crashing sounds and Xander finds Anya rooting around in Dawn's room, moving her stuff around. Yeah, she Anya's opens... th- tossing her room. She's tossing it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Toss the room. Like the cops. Right. <laughs> um. Yeah, and so Buffy and Dawn go into the room and Anya opens a jewelry box and dumps it onto the floor, sees all the things with the tag still on them, and says, Well, well, well. (laughs) Exactly. No, she says, Half of this stuff is from the magic box. How could you do this? Dawn runs away because that's what she knows how to do. But Anya chases her down. You can't run away, you little thief. Come here, you little scamp. (laughs) She's still holding the stolen jewelry and spins Dawn around to look at her. And she says, I work hard at that store and I helped you. I took care of you. This is how you say thank you. And Buffy says, Anya, hold on, okay? And she looks at Dawn and says, tell her you didn't do this. Tell her it's a mistake. And then she spots the leather jacket with the security tag still on it and puts it all together. There we go. Mm -hmm. Anya says, how are we supposed to trust you, Dawn? I mean, you you say you didn't put us here, but look at all this stuff. How are we supposed to believe you? Buffy tries to defend Dawn, telling Anya about the guidance counselor and Dawn making a wish. And Anya asks if the guidance counselor wore a pendant with a dark blue stone. And Dawn says, in little red flecks? And Anya says, oh, for crying out loud, Halfrek! <laughs> she says, it's Halfrek, a vengeance demon. You made a wish to a vengeance demon. And Dawn says, I didn't know. And Anya says, only a vengeance demon can break her own vengeance spell. Nothing else will work. She's the only one who can get us out of here. Hallie, get your ass down here! <laughs> And Halfrek materializes just behind Anya in a puff of smoke. And she says, you rang? <laughs> and suddenly nice the demon appears and runs through Halfrek with his sword. Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Buffy punches the demon and so does Anya. Anya's like going to town on this thing. And she's like, <laughs> I hope you die, you stupid jerk face. <laughs> she gets in a few more punches before he tosses her back to the couch. Spike jumps in and then the demon disappears again. He reappears behind Spike who quickly grabs his sword arm and the demon drops the sword. Buffy picks it up. The demon jumps into the wall, but Buffy stabs the wall and he <gasps> hollers in pain blue light emanating out of the wall and we see him appear back in the sword which Buffy cracks over her knee. Yeah. His head Took was huge. That. Just want to say that. He's kind of like yes. a bobblehead. Yeah. In a way. 
It and plus like the spiky things and the big hair, you know. Yeah, like, this oh, is a lot going on up there. Very <laughs> top heavy. Yes. Very top heavy. <laughs> I don't know how he didn't fall over more. I know. Well, you know what they say. What? De- demons swabble, but they don't fall down. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you know you're getting punched by the Slayer and her friends. Right. Uh, Anya jumps up to grab Halfric's pendant, but Halfric wakes up and throws Anya back with magic and says, there will be no touching of the pendant. She stands up and calls the sword in the chest just a flesh wound. Anya asks why she would do this, and she starts to answer, and then Halfric spots Spike and says, William? And Spike sees her and says, hey, wait a minute. Buffy asks if they know each other and Halfrick laughs and she says no. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but that's more of a, I feel like that's more of a proper British, you know, maybe more of a Giles. He falls into that sometimes, doesn't he? Eh, I guess. (laughs) I feel like he's a little bit more slangy. All right. Um, Yeah, Halfrick is like, no, and Spike says, not really. Buffy looks confused, but Tara says, I thought vengeance demons only punished men who wronged women and Halfrick says oh that was Anya's little raison d'etre which is French for reason reason, reason of being or being, reason to be reason yes. to be yeah I know you know I'm here to explain the French yeah to you, no so. I know I know okay yeah Mo- and she says most of us try to be a little more well-rounded and actually we prefer justice demon okay FYI <laughs> I really <laughs> like that part and Anya says well-rounded huh is that how you explain your thing for bad parents? And Halfrick says, oh, it's not a thing. The children need me. And Anya's like, daddy issues. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Crossover Halfric- daddy issues lost. Yeah, because there's yeah. always daddy issues and yeah. lost. But, and we got but especially this, this episode. episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, Halfrick says, sling all the little barbs at me you want, Anyanka. It doesn't change the fact that this girl was in pain and none of you could hear it. I could hear her crying out everywhere I went in this town. It was unbearable. And none of you knew. You people deserve to be cursed. Enjoy your time together. From now on, all you have is time. Time and each other. Good luck. And music swells. And Halfrick makes dramatic motions with her arms. (laughs) And tries to disappear. (laughs) But doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then she tries again, but nothing. And Anya rolls her eyes and says, it's the curse, Hallie. And Halfrick says, oh, for crying out loud. Fine. The curse is lifted. We can all leave now. Damn it. She snaps her (laughs) fingers and disappears. (laughs) Silly. Later in the kitchen, Tara is packing the magic supplies into a plastic bag. Willow thanks her for sticking up for her and for taking the supplies with her. And Willow says, just so you know, I I was never going to use it. I mean, not really. I just kept it like a safety net because there was always this thing in the back of my head, this, you know, voice saying, like, what if things get bad? I mean, really bad. And what if you can't handle it? And it made me panic. So that's why I kept a couple of things. I kept them so I didn't have to think about it so I could focus on getting better. And Tara says, I get it. I really do. But it's time to work without the net, Will. You know, I don't know if you noticed, but it actually did get bad in there. Really bad. And you still said no. Tara smiles and goes back to what she was doing. And Willow kind of like slowly smiles too. 
Anya and Xander help Richard down the stairs, who tells them that they have weird friends. Xander tells Buffy they're going to bring him to the hospital. And Anya says to Don, and then we're going to talk about payment. And Donnie, there are two words I want you to get used to. Punitive damages. (laughs) Everyone gathers around the door and Spike opens it with a flourish. And then everybody walks out. Spike last. Buffy goes toward the door and Don watches her sadly. But Buffy closes it and then Don looks happy. Oh, yeah. Nice. And she's like, she's we're going to stay home. home and have a nice time together. After all of that. After all of that, you little piece of shit. And now we're going to order Domino's. That's how you bond with your sister. You order a large pepperoni and green pepper pizza and some cheesy sticks, cheesy bread, and maybe some cinnamon sticks too. You throw them in there. And if you're sure. feeling really saucy, you get some wings. Mm. Get some wings on the side too. Yeah. You know? This, that will make a good night. And then what year is it? 2002? Uh, 2002. All right. We're going to rent um, Catch Me If You Can. That's a good one. Mm, that is a good yeah. one. That's a phenomenal movie. Mm-hmm. It sure yeah. is. Dave and there. I watched that recently. Look at that. Within the past year or something. It's great. It's so good. Yeah. So with all of that, that with is a all recipe that. for a perfect night in. Okay. Well... You got any final thoughts? Nope. This might be my least favorite episode of the show. Really? Of all time? Mm-hmm. This one? I feel like there's a lot worse garbage than this. I don't know. Zeppo. I hate this bad. episode. Yeah, but I, you didn't like Zeppo. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I liked you Zeppo. You liked it. Yeah. I just like, oh. The Double Dawn. B Pals is pretty gross, too. It but was, you like that? but... I I can handle it more than Dawn. You just, just really hate Dawn. Flipping out. You oh just my can't God. stand her. I think she's. I think it's getting worse as I get older. She just yeah. grates on me. Wow. Because like I know I was a teenager. I know I know I had tantrums. Believe me. But like I also did have my own friends. Yeah. And I wasn't like always around being like I had my own shit to do, you know, like maybe I was playing video games at home, but like I kept myself entertained. Also, I wasn't like following everybody around. Richard is stabbed and bleeding to death on their floor and she's still throwing a tantrum. I know. Because there's been times where I've thrown a tantrum and then when something like serious happens, you snap back to reality. You get your shit together. Oh, you know what? This isn't about me right now. Somebody's dying on the floor right now. Exactly. I'm not going to go tantrum about not being hung out with. Right. Somebody's dying on the floor. <laughs> there's a there's a demon that keeps yeah. appearing and disappearing our, there's with a, a sword. demon in our walls. A. Yeah. B. Poor Richard is dying on the floor and C. There's a man who eats kittens who has skin just falling all over the place. <laughs> but he is a peach. He's a, he's a very nice man. He's a but sweet man. He's also in the house somewhere. And uh, yeah, other than that, you know, might as well just keep throwing a tantrum. Have a little situational awareness, Don. Exactly. Okay? S-A. Crossover. We were just talking what? about S-A. Remember? Oh, spellcasters in this. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I just, yeah, I just can't. I'm like, God, leave her somewhere, please. Yeah. Just please, so I don't have to hear her tantrum anymore. 
Just drive her to a cornfield and leave her I out in the middle. I can't handle it. I cannot handle it. Yeah. Yeah, please do that. Light okay. the cornfield on fire. Wow. <laughs> That's what happens in Children of the Corn. You're taking it to the next level. Oh, <laughs> I see, I see. It's Children of the Corn. Reference. Well, I thought that's what you were referencing. I don't know what I was referencing. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, it's a rough episode. Okay, it's rough. All right. You got some trivia? I got some trivia. All right. This episode's title is taken from a memorable, memorable, <laughs> don't know where my words are, <laughs> quote at the end of J.G. Ballard's novel, Empire of the Sun, hmm. about the realization he has come to uh, with you know about his relationship with his family he says his uh his mother and father had had been through their own war for all their affection for him they seemed older and far away huh wow and the episode also features don's teacher discussing the book in uh in class so when they show don okay. in class the teacher's talking about this book yeah i remember seeing the movie don't remember a lick of it really other than christian bale as a child Mm, yeah, I never saw the movie. Yeah. Never read the book. Don't know what it's about. Also, uh, I saw another Spielberg movie that we'll talk about later. Okay. That's what we call a teaser. <laughs> so the character of Richard is a classic Star Trek reference. A fresh-faced, never-before-seen character who, upon entering... or uh, Upon encountering a form of otherworldly life is immediately injured almost fatally add to this the fact that he's dressed in a red shirt and you have an example of early star trek uh an early star trek throwaway character dave i asked dave about this um because i was like i was like hey you know did like you or your parents watch i know he didn't watch a lot of star trek but um i figured like maybe his parents did and he like watched some through them and he was like, yeah, I watched like a little bit. And I was like, um, I was like, oh, like, do you get this reference? Like the guy, you know, I, I was explaining. I was like, Richard was wearing a red shirt. And he was like, oh, yeah, red shirts. So like that is a thing. Like they literally wear red shirts. <laughs> well, yeah, that's. that's <laughs> and that's what. what Starfleet. That's what, yeah, but they're not all wearing red. A lot of them are. They're wearing red or yellow or light blue. Those yeah. are the Star Trek colors. But apparently the red shirt ones are usually those are the ones. These that get are the offed. ones that like get off. Yeah, maybe it's a introduced. ranking system. I'm that's what I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but but that's literally what they're called. Trekkies, right in if you can uh, relate and talk about this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I just told you I explained it to you. Trekkies, right in if <laughs> okay. you can relate and talk about this. Okay. <laughs> After Anya teases Buffy about her dorky coworker, Buffy is supposed to say, well, this line was cut. She says, all the good ones got picked off by that lady with the wig. Lay off. <laughs> 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 I was like, oh, I kind of wish they kept that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Xander one. makes a reference to children of the corn, as we talked about. Mm-hmm. Had you watched more than just one Children of the Corn, yes. you would have found a nice little surprise as Nicholas Brendan uh, plays a role in Children of the Corn 3, Urban Harvest. Really? Yes. Wow. Also why he made the reference. Fun. When Tara steps between Anya and Willow, she says, you're not going to make her do something she doesn't want to. And if you try, you'll have to go through me first. This is a callback to season five, episode six, Family, 
when Buffy says to Tara's relatives, you want to take Tara out of here right. against her will? You got to come through me. Yeah. And so now, yeah. now Tara is doing it. Okay. All right. Go Tara. That's some good character growth, right? Sure. Yeah. She's standing up for herself yeah. and others. I like to see that. like to see it. Now, do you, did you put together the whole Hal Frick and Spike situation? Did you know what was going on there? No. Yes. Thank you for admitting that. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to give you a whole I bunch of I thought you were going to draw it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't. So when Hal Frick first sees Spike, she identifies him as William. William. The bloody. Uh, the actress uh, who plays Halfrick, Callie Ro- uh, Rasha, first appeared in season five, episode seven, Fool for Love, as Cecily, the woman who spurns William. Oh, really? When Buffy asks whether they know each other, Spike doesn't, maybe doesn't recognize her. We're not really sure. She's yeah. got a demon face on. Um, and she seems to not want to recognize him either. Joss mm-hmm. Whedon later confirmed that Halfrick and Cecily were indeed the same person. Oh, so would you look un- at that? unsure if she was already a vengeance demon at that point or right. Um, there's definitely been some kind of like fun fan speculation about like her actually already being a vengeance demon and messing with Spike at this point. Hmm. So. Yeah, I thought that was okay. I thought that was kind of fun. It's a deep cut. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all I got for you. All right, Sammy Joe, fun episode of Buffy. I think it is time was to it? go to the island. You always say that, but I don't think that's true for this episode. It was fine. I was fine with this one. Ugh. You know, I was unfine with Zeppo. I was fine with this one. It's you good. like this episode more than the Zeppo? Yep. I cannot. I can't, I don't know if I can continue this podcast anymore. I know. I know. All right. Well, let's head to the island and let's get into Lost. This is Lost Season 5, Episode 13. This one is titled, Some Like It Hoth. Sam and Joe. Yeah, and Dave was like, that's a, an oxymoron. And I was like, what? Why? And then he explained to me that Hoth is the ice, <laughs> ice planet. Yeah, from Star yeah. Wars. And I was like, oh, great. Can't wait for this episode. <laughs> Original air date, April 15th, 2009. This one is written by Melinda Shue Taylor and Gregory Nations and directed by Jack Bender. Your predictions, Sam and Joe. All right, so I only had one prediction. I had a rough time making predictions last episode. You had to help me out a little. You sure did. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so the only one I said was that Ben will have to help Locke now. He's okay. going to have to hand over the torch because Locke has some connection to the island. Ben will listen to what Alex said, and he will now be Locke's protector. Okay. So we don't go back to Ben and Locke this episode, but all right, that's what I said last week. All right, so this episode starts with a mom and a son looking at an apartment, and the slumlord landlord does not want to rent to her once he sees that she has a young son with her, saying he likes it quiet around these parts. And he then tells her he needs two months up front, and this mom tells a young Miles to run along. 
Yeah, so I was like, oh, great, a Miles-centric episode. Even <laughs> yeah. more excited now. <laughs> yeah. Young Miles then starts walking around this apartment complex, which kind of reminds me, for some reason, of the uh, Karate Kid apartment complex. Kind of had, mm. like, that Southern California kind of feel to it, you know? Well, didn't he grow up in Southern California? Or yeah, at least, probably. like, he? I'm pretty sure he was there when we first meet him. Yeah. Um, but I will say as much as I don't really like Miles, I, I, I'm curious about his ability. So I was like, okay, yeah. at least like, we'll probably learn a little bit more about that. Sure. Yeah. So young Miles walking around the apartment complex and he starts getting some vision flashes and vibes of a body on the ground, like in its inside, like a close apartment or something. So then yeah. he goes and he, he finds a key under a rock and he lets himself into this apartment and we cut that to... That seems like a good idea. Yeah, always got to go investigate this. We cut to the mom and the landlord when Miles starts yelling from the other apartment and they go to investigate and see Miles in the neighbor's apartment and a man is laying dead on the ground. Oh, and the, no. Oh, no. The landlord mentions that this is Mr. Vonner. And Miles, as a child, says, he, he was all alone. He was scared. His chest hurt. He kept calling out for Kimberly. And the landlord, Trevor, his name is, says, Kimberly, that's his wife. No, she died last year. Now, how would you know that? And Miles says, I heard him. And uh, Miles' mom says, Miles, what are you talking about? And Miles says, he's still talking right now. And they then mention that he's dead. But Miles starts to yell that he can still hear him. I can still hear him. Yikes. It, Yikes. And we flash cut to Miles on the island, getting a call from Sawyer on the walkie-talkie. Sawyer tells Miles he needs to accidentally erase the security camera tapes on camera number four. Because he's out, like, in the perimeter with Kate, you know? Yeah. And Miles then notices Kate on the camera, and Sawyer tells him he owes him one. Sawyer gets Kate into the Dharma van and sees her off telling her, He's the head of security. So, you know. Yeah, he's like, in case you hadn't noticed, I'm head of security. Right. He's doing a little Unlike mi- Jack, who's a janitor. Minor flex, you know? Just got to flex on Jack. Yeah, Jack's <laughs> a janitor. I don't know if you heard, but I don't but know I, if you noticed that. I'm the uh, head of security around here. <laughs> yeah. Jack's a janitor. Jack's a custodian. Did I mention that? He's mopping up poop right now. I don't mm-hmm. know if you need to know that, but it's just well, brass that's tags. That's what's going on. Sweetheart. Anyway, see you later. Back at the security station. Horace shows up asking if he can trust Miles. Miles says, of course. Horace says, okay, good. I need you to take this out to Rosinski at grid 334. And Horace hands Miles a package, something that's like two feet long, and it's wrapped in a black pouch. And Horace yeah, and says... He keeps saying something about the circle of trust, and I was like, ugh. <laughs> you don't like that? Just, he just said it so many times, and I'm like, okay. Horace says he's going to give you something in return. I want you to bring it back with me. No questions asked. You understand? And Horace walks away and uh, and around to the typewriter desk where he finds a clipboard of papers to flip through. And Miles says, um, we're not supposed to be in 334. Isn't that hostile territory? And then Horace turns and he says, welcome to the circle of trust. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. There you Maybe go. Maybe that's where he says it. Miles drives the Dharma van and Radzinski stops him with a rifle. And Miles tells 
Radzinski, he's in the circle of trust. Like, be cool, you know? Yeah. I'm in. And this Miles, is where, yeah, they say it a bunch of times, I feel yeah. like. Miles gives him this thing, and Radzinski whistles for some men who bring out a body on a stretcher, and they load it up into the Dharma van, and Radzinski tells him to bring it back to Horace. And he says, stop, stop asking questions. The two mysterious men in hard hats saunter off, and Miles inspects the dead body. And he asks Yeah, it. he just does it right there. I'm like, y- you're not going to drive away a little bit first, right. like then pull off to the road and then check. Like, you're just yeah. going to do it right there. He like unzips the bag and like stuffs his face like in this corpse. And he's just Ugh. like, okay. Yeah, let me so get what really happened? <laughs> and then we get the lost title. Uh, and then we see, I don't know, teenage or 20s Miles Bobby blowout haircut oh and piercings. Oh my god, punk rock Miles. <laughs> yeah, you like and it? And it's like way Kind of looks overboard. like Rufio, you know? That's exactly what Dave and I said. Rufio. I was like, what, he's trying to be Rufio? <laughs> Rufio. Yeah. Hey, you know, that guy voices a main character in... In Avatar, The Last Airbender, which is yes. a great movie, by the way. The show uh, is great. And uh, so anyways... The movie doesn't exist. Miles shows up at someone's door, pierced Miles, and he comes in to find yeah, his mother. Yeah, also, uh, he would have scars from those piercings, which he doesn't have, so come well, on. They could heal up, you know, maybe? No, they what don't. If they were, what if they were just the magnetic kind? You can get those. Yeah, they probably are. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so he finds his mom, who's very sick. There you sick, go, problem solved, Pat. In a bed. She's losing her hair and not looking good. Uh, he wakes her up and apologizes for not coming by sooner. And she asks why he came by. And Miles says, I need you to tell me why I'm this way. How, how I do the things I do. And I need to know why you won't talk to me about my father. And his mom says, because he never cared about us. He never cared about you. And he wants to know where he is, but she refuses to tell him. And when Another he gets adamant. Another uncaring father, Pat. What? what you don't say, Sammy Joe. When he gets adamant about it, she tells him that he's dead. She says, your father kicked us out when you were just a baby. He didn't want anything to do with us. So the less you knew about him, the better. He then asks where the body is because, you know, he wants to go have a chat. And Lara, his mom, says, somewhere you can never go. Horace is on the phone. When Miles comes back with the corpse, Horace tells him to bring it to Dr. Chang. Hold up. Yep. Before that happened, I wrote, is his dad Dr. Chang? Whoa, look at you. Look at me putting things together. Yeah. Miles protests saying, he's not a delivery dude, all right? But Horace claps back saying, just do it, bro. All right? Don't fight me on this. I'm King Horace of the island. You're in the circle of trust. Circle of trust, and Come on, I am in the you center. Want to stay in the circle of trust. Yeah, I run things around here. Okay, I'm Horace. Hurley meets up with Miles at the Dharma van, and Hurley wants a ride, but Miles is being weird. So Hurley asks, "He's like, wait a wait a sec, are you on some kind of secret mission?" And Miles says, "Just get in." In Juliet's house, Kate comes by and tells wait. her, "Yeah." At some point. What is Hurley? Oh, because he says, like, well, carpool. Because he's going to the same place. He wants right. to bring sandwiches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going and to so the he, same place. So he suggests carpooling. And he yeah. says it'll help with global warming, which hasn't <laughs> happened yet. So maybe we can prevent it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh, Hurley. 
Uh, he's great. Kate comes by and tells her that she gave young Ben to the others. Then in bursts Roger Linus with a crate full of stuff. He then notices that Ben is gone and he starts freaking out and Juliet doesn't have a good cover-up story. She should have been working on that, by the way. Yeah, she should have been. And also yeah. Dave pointed out that they could have just put privacy screens around Ben's bed and oh, been like, right. oh, he's sleeping right now. Uh, you know, you just come back later. Yeah. No sunlight and no, no incandescent light. No light at all, actually. Don't yeah. ever put light on him or else he'll crumble into dust. Mm-hmm. That's a good yeah. cover-up story. But also just come back later because he's sleeping. Yeah, please come back possible. later. Uh, okay. Yeah, let's go with yours. I think yeah. yours is better. Yeah. Um, she apologizes. She just like apologizes to him, and then Roger yeah. blasts and I wrote, out of really, there. Really, Juliet? That's all you got? Right. <laughs> I know. On. She's like kind of frantic, and she's I'm like, like Juliet, pretty good liar. Juliet, you're so like stone cold and like direct and like cool, yeah. calm and collected. And then Roger Linus breaks you. Like yeah, she was in on. such a tizzy here. She like I know. didn't know how to handle it. I was like, this is like I was disappointed. Amateur hour. So Roger blasts out of there saying, he's calling security. And then Juliet just calmly turns to Kate. She goes, well, here we go. It's like, okay, so now you're calm? Right. You could have handled that way better. Definitely. I agree. Yeah. You could have said he's he's under the bed. That's where he wanted to sleep for the day. Okay. Don't bother him. That's another good one. Yeah. Yeah. The Dharma van tears through the jungle. He could just be in his bed, though. Right. He could be. (laughs) (laughs) you don't have to come up with another one i got it okay all right cool okay all right you can also say he's in the bathroom he was finally able to stand but he's he doesn't want to see you he's so mad at you he's got he's gonna be in there for a while he said no i don't want to see my dad so don't you know for his health you got to stay away yeah yeah because that's what he said oh i can hear him he's flushing now gotta go see ya roger bye and then you (laughs) boot him right out the door there you go there you go. See, I'm good at this. I'd be able to handle this. Yeah, no problem. I think mine's better though. Still, I could just run, run with it. You know. All right. Dharma van tears through the jungle. Hurley's writing in a Dharma notebook, but wants Bet to know how to spell. That music playing is Geronimo Jackson. Most likely, I don't have any uh, trivia about that. By the way. Oh, okay. Uh, he wants to know how to spell bounty hunter. Which I was like, really, Hurley? Come on. Come on. Uh, Miles asks about what he's writing but hurley says it's personal and then hurley notices a foul smell that's inside the van (laughs) he accuses uh miles of farting right and hurley wants to go check what the smell is worrying it could be his sandwiches so miles pulls over and hurley finds the body bag and miles i don't know why miles doesn't just tell him it's a body like obviously, if he goes yeah. back there to look, he's gonna figure it out. Just be like, "Yeah, right. it's a body, dude." Okay. All right. He's like, "Let me pull over and let you go find it, and then we'll talk about it." How about that? It's stupid. Miles tells him not to worry about it and not to tell anyone. He says his name's Alvarez. He was digging a hole and thinking about some chick named Andrea. Then he felt this sharp pain in his mouth, which turned out to be a filling from his tooth being yanked right through its socket and blowing through his brain. Then he was dead. And Hurley asks how he knows about all this, knowing that Miles can talk to dead people. Hurley says, and he steps up to Miles' windows. He says, don't worry, dude. Your secret's safe with me. You want to know why? And Miles says, no. And Hurley says, because I can talk to him too. (laughs) And again, Hurley cut into the chase. Thank you, Hurley. You know? Mm -hmm. 
Cut back to Miles talking to some man about his dead son. Okay, so wait. Hold on. First, we see a photo of a football player. Yes. And I didn't catch it at first, but Dave was like, oh, that looks like your brother. And so I, I... like went back and I was like, I think that looks more like Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad. And then is it him? I, I don't know. But then we look up and <laughs> he's in Lost. Wait, what? Aaron Paul is? Yeah, isn't he? No, he's not. He was too young. He's not. I think we saw a guy that we thought he, was Aaron yeah. Paul, but it wasn't. Yeah, on the on the uh, the campsite of the yes. like hippie commune. Yes, uh, with Locke, yeah. But um, the father is played by Dean Norris, who is uh, in Breaking Bad. Oh, weird. So I was like, well, that's funny. (laughs) Ah, Too funny. (laughs) Too funny. (laughs) So uh, we cut back to Miles talking to this man about his dead son. The man mentions that his son was cremated, which messes with Miles' communication without a body. Yeah, you can't do that. But the man is like, Hey, come on. What are, what are you doing here? Uh, you know, you said that you could talk to anything anywhere all at once. It doesn't even matter. And then uh, so the so Miles thinks for a second. He's like, well, you're going to have to pay extra. And Miles goes on with this communication charade and he holds the man's charade. hands. Charade. He holds the man's hands and he says, your son says he knew that you loved him. He always knew. And then this guy says, thank you. And then Miles says, I'm sorry for your loss. And he walks away. On the way back to the car, Miles is stopped by Naomi. We've seen her before. Yeah. You want to talk about fake looking wigs? Yeah. You don't like this wig? This looks super (laughs) fake. All right. I know you called out the Buffy one and I was like, wow. Yeah. This one. All right. Yikes. She says, my employer's been following your work for some time now, and he's interested in retaining your rather unique services. And then Miles, like, kind of nods. And she says, there's a restaurant not too far from here. Would you like to hear what I have to say? And Miles says, yeah, absolutely. Back on the island, Roger Linus pounds beers on the kid's swing set. Yeah, that ought to do it. For one. <laughs> and Kate sidles up checking Bad on Dad's him. Bad Dad's Club. Always with Kate sidling up to this guy. Yeah, gross. He says, let me see. Well, my son got shot and now he's disappeared. So I think I'm pretty far from okay. And Kate sits down next to him. She says, you know, I'm sure things are going to work out. And Kate cracks a beer with him and she tells him not to give up hope. And then Roger notices something's up here and he gets abrasive asking if she knows something. And that she should mind her own business. And Miles and Hurley drive in the Dharma van. Miles asks <laughs> questions about Hurley's talking to the dead skills. <laughs> he says, uh, Miles is like, because that's not how it works. And Hurley says, aha, you wouldn't know how it works unless you can do it. And Miles says, what I can do has nothing to do with chatting with ghosts, you nitwit. It's a feeling a a sense when somebody's dead their brain stops functioning which means there's no more talking there's just who they were and whatever they knew before they died and hurley says that's how it works for me and he kind of goes back to his notebook and they arrive at the construction site and dr chang 
questions well, miles hurley in. hurley says you're just jealous my power is better than yours <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh dr chang questions miles about hurley and miles tells him that hurley saw the body and hurley says dude i can keep a secret to chang. i'm in a circle of trust yeah and dr chang says well you'd better and he looks at hurley's embroidered jumpsuit and he says hurley because if you think working in a kitchen is bad and Hurley's like, I like working in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. He says something about... Uh, he's going he's he's to make, make him, him go to the zoo and poop. shovel polar bear shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Dr. Chain is walking around yelling at other people too. You know, he's just kind of just kind of flying off the handle at everyone. And then Hurley yeah, says... so my guess, sorry, my guess here is that because they brought him a dead person... And yep. I was like, I'm wondering if they are testing if they can resurrect people. Oh, that'd be kind of cool, huh? Mm-hmm. Do- so. Dr. Chankenstein. Mm. Huh? Dr. Like Chang that? Medicine Man. <laughs> yeah, there we go. And Hurley turns to Miles. He says, dude, that guy's a total douche. And uh, Miles says, that douche is my dad. Yeah, I was right. Naomi leads Miles into the back room of a restaurant and tells him this is his audition, revealing a dead body on a counter. Miles approaches the body and he gets a flash. And Miles says his name's Felix. He was on his way to deliver something to a... And then there's like whispering noises and stuff. And he says a guy named Widmore. And Naomi says, deliver what? And Miles says, a bunch of papers, photos, pictures of empty graves of purchase order for an old airplane. And Naomi zips the body back up and Miles asks if he passed. And Naomi tells him she's leading an expedition to an island where there's a lot of deceased individuals and Miles is ready to walk away from this whole thing thinking it's not for him. And Naomi mentions it's $1.6 million if he goes through with it. Mm, and Miles turns around with uh, dollar signs in his eyes. And he says, <laughs> when do we leave? Yep. Back on the island, Miles and Hurley chat more. Dr. Chang comes back saying he needs a ride and tries to tell Hurley again that if he says anything, and then Hurley says, polar bear poop, got it. <laughs> and they get in. <laughs> back with drunk Roger Linus cleaning with, with Janitor Jack. And he's being a super sloppy, angry drunk. Yeah, because he asks, he's like, this is my, this is on my route. And Jack's like, I, I just figured I'd do it for you, you know, yeah. with everything going on with your kid. Right. Trying to be yeah. nice. Sure. Yeah. But Roger is not having any of that. No. Very sloppy. And he asks about Kate saying he's got a weird, she's got a weird thing for his kid. And Jack just kind of like sits there and listens. And Roger says, I'm going to tell you something, man. I'm beginning to think that she's got something to do with this. I should go to Horace, reporter. What do you think? And then Jack slowly steps up to Roger, kind of confrontationally. And he mm. says, I think, Roger, that uh, that you've had a hell of a day and that it's given you a very good excuse to go out and get drunk. Maybe that's put some some crazy ideas into your head. I know that woman, Kate. She's my friend, and she would never do anything to hurt your son. And Roger says, sure. And he walks off with his janitor cart. Back in the Dharma van. Yeah, that's not going to make him more suspicious, Jack. Definitely not. 
Hurley's in the back, and he asks what he does in the orchid. But that's classified, of course. And we're going to do some yes, lines. Chang what he does, yeah. Oh, yay, good. I love these lines. <laughs> Can I be Hurley? Yep. Yes. I'll be Dr. Chang and Miles. So Hurley uh, says... Oh, really? You can't tell anyone? Not even your wife? No. What about your kids? I have a three-month-old son, so no, I haven't told him. Three months? Wow, congrats. What's his name? Miles. Small world. That's your name too, right, Miles? Yeah. (laughs) So are you a fan of jazz, Dr. Chang, like Miles Davis? My wife is. I like country. So you two have been here for three years now? Must be pretty tight, huh? Miles says, Dr. Chang and I don't exactly travel in the same circles. Dr. Chang says, I wasn't aware there were circles. Great. We should all get together for a beer sometime. How awesome would that be? Dr. Chang doesn't say anything, but he (laughs) He leans forward, seeing something. Stop here. And they arrive at the construction site. Yeah, it's just a great... He's like, huh, that's your name, Miles. That's Small World. Is that weird? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I wrote O Hurley. He needs to be in every episode. (laughs) Oh, he's great. Yeah. They arrive at a construction site and uh, they watch as two men because Dr. Chang gets out and he starts yelling at everybody. First, before they get to the construction site, Chang gets out and he like opens. Like, you don't think there would be a fence there, but because it's like all covered and. And like vines and like it's tree hidden. roughage, it's hidden, yeah. and he like opens up a gate. And so I right. wrote a secret garden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so yeah, they go then in. they go through to a construction site, and I said, "Oh, this maybe this is a Swan Station." Maybe. And uh, they watch as two men pound numbers into a hatch door, and of course, it's the numbers four, eight, fifteen, sixteen, twenty-three, forty-two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cut to Miles at a taco stand, living La Vida Tacos, and a scary van pulls up, and a man says, Hey Miles, and they jump out and grab him and throw him in the van. And this he's guy He's kinda he's pretty nonchalant. He's just kinda like goes with it. He's like, whatever. He's like, whatever, who cares? You, you owe know? me a fish taco. Yeah. <laughs> this guy Bram, which is a cool name, Bram. Mm. Tells him he needs to talk him out out of working for Charles Widmore. He says, he's the man who chartered the boat you'll be getting on next week. And my friend, you do not want to get on that boat. Do you know what lies in the shadow of the statue? And Miles says, no, can't say that I do. And Bram says, then you're not ready to go to that island. But if you come with us, all those things you've spent your life trying to find out, you'll know. You'll know who you are, Miles. Why also, it is you have the gift, and most of all, you'll know about your father. Yeah, so now we have more characters to contend with. Bram, man, it's Bram. Bram, Bram, Br- Brigolo. <laughs> what? <laughs> Bam, Bam, Bram, 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 thank you, ma'am. <laughs> oh, Black Betty, Bram, Bram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah, so Miles says, I don't know where you've been getting your intel, but I stopped caring about my father a long time ago. What I do care about is money. So I'll tell you what. You want to you want me to pass on going to the island? It's going to cost you double what they offered. 3.2 million dollars. 
And Bram tells Miles he's not paying him anything. That money won't fill the empty void in his soul. And they throw him out of the van. Bram's van. And tell Bram's him van. He's, <laughs> he's, playing, he's playing for the wrong team. And Bram says he's on the right team. He's like, just to be clear, I'm on the right team, okay? You, yeah, you're playing for the wrong team, to but what, me, uh, I'm the on the right people team. Say. Mm-hmm. Back on the island, Miles and Hurley drive at night, and Hurley tells Miles about the hatch and the button, and then mentions that it's awesome that Miles gets to hang out with his dad now. And Miles freaks out saying he doesn't want to hang out with him. His dad is dead and gone. But Hurley's like, he's not dead, dude. We just dropped him off. Then Miles grabs Hurley's secret notebook and he jumps out of the van well, and he starts wait, wait, to read before, it. Before he says that, though, Hurley is like, maybe you can ch- you can go and hang out with baby Miles. You can change your own diaper. <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh. Yeah, silly. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he grabs the notebook. Grabs a secret notebook and he jumps out of the van. He starts to read it, noticing it's a Star Wars script. And Hurley says it's the Empire Strikes Back. And he plans to send it to George Lucas. Cut to Juliet's house. With some house. improvements. Yeah, some improvements. He wants to make some money, you know, which isn't a, mm-hmm. the worst idea. Yeah. Yeah. Cut to Juliet's house, and Sawyer comes home. Long day at the office. But Dr. Jack is there, and Jack lets him know about Roger poking around. Outside, Jack leaves, and Phil comes up saying he knows about who took the kid, revealing a videotape saying, You. This fucking guy. This is 1977. I don't know if they had videotapes back then. You know? This could have been an advanced videotape, I guess. They must have had something. Well, they definitely did, because remember, they had they had those recordings for of Dr. Chang and all the stations. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying, like, in real history, you know? I don't know mm-hmm. how widely available it was. They must have had three-quarter-inch tape back then. That must have well, been Well, I mean, this, this is obviously a pretty... Pretty advanced. elaborate situation. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Elaborate, so advanced. They might have been on to the next thing. Yeah. Cut to Juliet's house. Well, we already did that. Uh, Sawyer says, got a perfectly good explanation for what you saw on that tape to Phil. And Phil says, I sure as help hope so, okay? Because I'm a weasel. And they go inside and Sawyer punches Phil out. Boom. That takes care of that. Then he tells Juliet to get some rope. <laughs> Uh-oh. Just another day in the the Lafleur household, you know. Well, uh, what's funny is when he when he comes home, he he, he says that he feels like a little Dutch boy with yeah. uh, his finger in the and it's it's he's he's going to say finger in the dike, um, which is a, a story. And he says finger in the, and then he turns and sees Jack and says Doc, <laughs> which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways, we flash back to Miles who comes to visit Mr. Gray again, the guy who lost his son, and the man who paid him to talk to you. The Miles returns him the cash saying that he lied to him. And Mr. Gray says, why are you telling me this? You could have just let me go on believing what you said. And Miles says that. should have just let him do that. That wouldn't have been fair to your son. And Mr. Gray said, I'm sorry. 
And Miles says, if you needed your son to know that you loved him, you should have told him when he was still alive. Damn, Miles. Damn, you don't know his story, okay? Yeah, way you to- You don't know what's going on. Way to sting this this grieving you're, father. You're putting, putting your own, you know, putting your own yeah. stuff here. Right? Man, Miles, so gross. Yeah. Wooshkut to Dharma Van, arriving at Dharma Town, Hurley tells Miles he used to hate his dad too, but he forgave him. And Miles says he never knew his dad and he doesn't want to know him. And Hurley says that was Luke's attitude too. And Miles is like, what? And Hurley says, in Empire, Luke found out Vader was his father, but instead of putting away his lightsaber and talking about it, he overreacted and got his hand cut off. I mean, they worked it out eventually, but at what cost? Another Death Star was destroyed, Boba Fett got eaten by the Sarlacc, and we got the Ewoks. It all could have been avoided if they just, you know, communicated. And let's face it, the Ewoks suck, dude. Hurley, <laughs> how dare you? Boom, Sammy Joe, from Hurley's how mouth to your you? ears. You Ewoks know Hurley suck, doesn't dude. really believe that. that Ewoks is not, suck. <laughs> that is out of character for Aye. Hurley. No, Yub-nub. don't believe that. Yub nub. I don't believe that. I think that's yeah. very out of character for Hurley nope. to say that. Hurley hates the Ewoks. He's a no. true he's a true Star Wars fan. There's fake Star Wars fans and then there's true ones and the true yeah. ones we Well, we're, we're I'm not, not a Ewoks. Star Wars fan at all. I'm just an Ewok fan. Right, I know. Not a, not a Star Wars fan. So, right. checks out. Okay, fine. Miles looks into the window and sees himself as a baby. On Doctor Chang's lap, that's got to be a, a yeah. You know, he's he's reading to him and yeah. He's, he's reading being, a book. He's being a good dad. He's being a great dad. I'm like Doctor Chang is killing it as a dad right now. Yeah. And then the phone rings and Doctor Chang exits the house and he calls over to Miles saying he needs him to go to the sub with him. Scientist from HQ has shown up. At the sub, a man climbs out of the sub, and it's Daniel. Ah. <laughs> Miles says, Dan. And Daniel Faraday says, Hey, Miles. Long time no see. Boom. Lost title. Wow. What a way wow. to end. Daniel Faraday, man. Love this guy. Oof. Back. Yeah. Where where did he go? He like left the show or something? Like what happened? <laughs> yeah. Well, they just were like, yeah, he's not here anymore. Yeah. And now he is again. Right. Okay. I don't All know. Right. Cuz again, they haven't explained how some people can leave and come back and This is so many people you can just do that. Just disappear for like 10 yeah. episodes and come back. Well, yeah. I mean, if I believe it of anyone, I believe it of Faraday cuz he knows what's going on. Right. All right, you got any final thoughts or you want some uh amazing trivia? Hit me with some trivia, Pat. All right, the notebook that Hurley writes his version of Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back bears a previously unseen Dharma logo, which is the school logo, featuring an apple atop several books. Oh, which is probably where um, Roger was cleaning. Maybe. I think you're right. Looked like a schoolhouse. As always, Chang's lab coat bears the Swan Station logo, even when he is working at the Orchid site. Wait, but you, Swan didn't exist yet. I don't know. He's got the jacket before uh, it existed, apparently. Interesting. If you look at Howard's wristwatch, when Miles is talking to him, you can see that he is wearing the exact same watch as the one Ben wore in the episode, The Man Behind the Curtain, 
when you see him kill his father. Oh, so he actually keeps that as a memento mori. I guess so. That's kind of weird. A little bit. The episode is called Una Eva e Luke Skywalker, which is translated to One Eve and Luke Skywalker in Spanish. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. One Night and Luke Skywalker. One Night with Luke Skywalker. (laughs) I had no idea. Okay. Jeremy Davies, who plays Daniel, returns after being missing for four episodes. When little Miles hears the dead man talking to him at the apartment building, he goes in room four when he picks up the bunny to get the key. Oh, I thought it was a rock. Uh, There's a swirl on the bunny's ear in the shape of an eight. Four and eight are the first of the island's numbers, of course. More numbers trivia. Here you go, Sammy Joe. This is gonna it's gonna blow your mind. Naomi mm. tells Miles that Charles Widmore is willing to pay Miles one point six million dollars for his services. One point six or one six sixteen is one of the lost numbers. Yeah. Okay. In the opening sequence when Miles' mother is looking at the apartment, the microwave reads three sixteen. Sixteen is one of the numbers. <laughs> When Miles meets with the father, four sixteen, who wants to speak with his dead son, the father lives at nine fourteen, the street number. Of course, Sammy Joe, nine plus fourteen equals twenty three, or nine minus one minus four equals four. Two of the numbers. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I was putting these trivia pieces some together. Some banger trivia. <laughs> it's some banger trivia, I know. And that's all I got for trivia this week. A <laughs> lot of numbers. A lot of numbers. Yeah, it's good stuff. Good, good stuff. All right, Sammy Joe, what's your favorite moment of Buffy? Uh, I got to go with Tara standing up for Willow. But I also really liked Halfrick at the end. Uh huh. Especially when she's like, we like to think of ourselves as justice demons, okay? I <laughs> <laughs> thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. What about you? I'm going to go with uh, Spike saying that he's got a, he's got a, what is it? A, a, well, a, cram- a leg cramp. Cramp, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In his pants. I thought that was funny. That was good. <laughs> I also just like uh, Spike's demeanor in general when he shows up with, uh, with uh, Clem. the the skin guy Clem, yeah. <laughs> I just <laughs> just the way he plays it, like it's just completely normal. Like he's just yeah. showing up with a friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's good. So I'll go with that. Spike's antics, they're good. All right, all right. What's favorite your favorite moment, moment of, of Lost? Favorite moment of Lost? Ewoks suck, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's Hurley in the car with Miles and Doctor Chang. The whole oh, you know the what? Whole that part that we that that's we so good did. Yeah. It's so good. All right, Sam. Hurley Patico. just just being like, "Wow, what a small world!" That's right. also his name. <laughs> that made me laugh out loud. I was like, "Oh, that's good." Yeah, Hurley. just Hurley's just adorable. He's great. Yeah. Okay. What episode wins, Sammy Joe? This week, Lost wins for me. Wow. All right. Yeah. Cool. I mean, I love Hurley. So the more Hurley, the better. The better. I know this yeah. was Miles centric, but we had a lot of Hurley. We sure and, did. And uh, it certainly was easy to beat out this week's Buffy. Yeah. 
All right, I'm going to go with Lost as well. What do you think is going to happen next on Buffy? I don't know. I don't know if I made any predictions this episode while I was talking through anything. I don't Um, think so. I guess Dawn will stop whining because the fans have grown tired of it. Okay. So one can only hope, Pat. They're going to get some fan backlash saying, stop making her so annoying. And so they're going to start to write her into a smaller character. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And uh, Willow and Tara, that that is going to continue to re-blossom. Okay. Mm -hmm. We're going to keep getting closer and closer as the episodes move forward until uh, finally some inciting incident happens where they rekindle their relationship and make up. Okay. There you go. That's all I got for you this week. What's your predictions for Lost? I mean, I want to predict something with Faraday, but I just don't really don't really have anything. Um, But I do think that the reason that the dead body was brought to Dr. Chang is that they're testing. I think they're testing if they can like resurrect people. Reanimate. Yeah. They're doing, if not that, they're doing some, some kind of testing with dead bodies. Like they need dead bodies for something. Okay. Maybe shooting them out of a cannon or something. Maybe, you know. Yeah. Yeah, maybe they're crash test dummies to make sure the <laughs> Dharma vans are working properly. <laughs> maybe. So. Okay. Yeah. You know they used to use real cadavers as crash uh, test dummies? That makes sense. It's probably yeah. the most accurate. Yeah. But the gelatin is probably easier to deal with. Yeah. Imagine being those lab guys who had to clean up the car after. They also used to only um, test men. And uh, crash test test dummies for the longest time, only until maybe 10-ish years ago, were always modeled after men, not women. Oh, yeah. Or children. Hmm. Fun fact. That is fun. How do you know all this crash test dummy trivia? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Some of it is from, uh, I don't know, books I've read. And okay. some of it is from an <laughs> Crash episode. Test dummies for dummies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and some of it is from a book or some of it is from the, I feel like I picked up some of this from Pushing Daisies. They had an episode with Crash uh, okay. Test dummies. So. All right. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. Uh, media recommendation. What do you got? I got a great one to recommend this week, Ooh, Pat. All right. I bet you know, I bet you know what it is. Uh, Oh, yeah, I do. I know what it is. Legend of Zelda Tears (laughs) of the Kingdom. Dave bought it for me as an early birthday gift. I texted you the day that it came out or the day after it came out. Yeah, I think it was the day after. With the review saying, you know, it's perfect 10 IGN. Yeah, IGN. It's a perfect 10. So I sent you the screenshot, and you're like, oh, yeah, I've been yeah, playing dude. it. Yeah, <laughs> dude. I'm already playing Old it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's it's good. I mean, I'm yeah. not super far in. I haven't dedicated as much time as I'd really like to, you know? Okay. Yeah, you got to sink into that beanbag chair. Yeah. Well, actually, Dave got a new... He also, in addition to buying me the game, bought me a new... Um, cause we, I bought one, I bought a beanbag chair from Target, but it's, just, you know, it's Target, right? It was like 30 bucks. It's not that great. <laughs> um, yeah. but he bought this fancy one that my dad has at his house. 
Um, yeah. And it's like, two, it was like 200 bucks, but actually Whoa. Dave Dave got it on sale. Um, a deluxe beanbag chair? Well, it's a company called Yogi Bo. They're, they're like in malls. Yogi Bo? And they, they have like weird, just like weird shaped beanbag furniture, but it is very <laughs> nice. And it's like very, um, fo- like it holds its shape really well and it yeah. and it doesn't um and you can you can like take the uh cover off and like wash it and everything it's um it's not easily damaged by like cats and stuff so okay yeah i don't know but it's it's a great chair so it definitely has a lot more sturdiness to it than like yeah. a regular beanbag chair um so yeah wow but Amazing. it's a great game it's a great game I'm really what is liking it? it. Zelda Link's Awakening. Is that it? Breath no. of the. <laughs> it's a different one. It uh, it's Le- The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. So it's Tears basically the sequel. The it's like the sequel to Breath of the Breath Wild. Breath of the Wild. All right. Yeah. Cool. Even more, it's an even bigger world. What? Even which is bigger crazy. world? Yeah. So. Yeah. I haven't played cool. a Zelda game in, since like Ocarina. Oh, you got to play Breath of the Wild. Well, I never had the GameCube. I never had the Wii. I never had the Wii U, you know? Yeah. We bought the Switch specifically for Breath of the Wild. Yeah. I should get a Switch eventually. Yeah. Well, and the thing too is like a lot of the Nintendo games are are games like your kids could play. You right. know, like PlayStation has a lot of like adult games. Yeah. But Nintendo, most of it is like pretty kid friendly. I mean, I they your your kids probably aren't going to want to play, you know, Zelda, because um, some of that will be a little scary, especially the newer ones. Yeah. But you know, like Mario the Kart, Mario's. Mario Party, like all yeah. that stuff, and there's lot you know there's lots of good stuff. Right. On Switch, so and it's it's an easy gaming system for kids to learn. I think. Yeah. Okay. All right. Very so yeah, nice. that's what I got. What do you got? New Steven Spielberg movie. New Steven Spielberg movie. This one is titled The Fablemans. He was up Ooh. for Oscar awards for it this Oscar season. Um, it's a movie that's basically based on his life growing up in his uh, family oh, dynamics. I've, I heard about this movie. Yeah, and him falling in love with with film and cinema, and then making his own movies. Uh, so. At first, it starts out, and I was like, I don't know if I'm up for this when I was starting to watch it. It was just like, it was like family drama, you know, mm, like. That can be a it, lot sometimes. Yeah, and you gotta I'm like, be in the mood for that. I'm like, I don't know if I really want to watch family drama, but like, it gets better as it goes along, it gets better. So, um, uh, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. It starts off a little slow and kind of rocky, but it, it gets around to it. Um, so I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good movie. The Fablemans, check it out. I saw it on, I think it's Paramount Plus. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And I'm going to give a shout out to the new Mission Impossible trailer that just came out, Dead Reckoning Part 1. That movie what? looks There's like it's going to be Impossible? awesome. Impossible? Didn't they just come out with one last year? No. They came out with the trailer last year. What did they, what was, what's or a the? teaser. They did the? Top Gun Maverick oh, last year. okay. That's what they did. Okay. I yeah. don't know. Same stuff. Yeah. So they got this Mission Impossible. It's coming out in July, and it looks yeah, just, just stop giving Tom Cruise work, okay? No he's way. crazy. No, he's crazy good at what his, what his job is, Sam and Joe. People are going <sighs> to come out. They're all going to see it. It's going to be great. See, saving movie theaters, Sammy. How can you argue with that? 
save in movie theaters. Yeah. Yeah. All okay. right. All right. Well, what do you say? Let's wrap this thing up. Yep. Let's do that. <laughs> All right. Till next week, listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, all the places that you can find us. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Hey, somebody left us another five-star review on Apple Podcasts. So oh, thanks, stranger. thank you. Whoever did that. Yeah, you're the best. We love you. Hearts. Um, and uh, what else, Sammy Joe? Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at KickStreamPod. And uh, if we entertain you, you can support us on Buy Me a Coffee, buymeacoffee.com slash KickStreamPod. Send emails to KickStreamPod at gmail.com and check out show notes for this and every episode at KickStreamPod.com. And, and always, always remember, remember that, that streaming, streaming is better, better with Alfrex. <laughs> Might have already done Halfric. <laughs> yeah. I no, thought of it's definitely too. with it's definitely with Ewoks. Uh, it's definitely without. It's definitely better without with Ewoks. Definitely without. Definitely down. Okay, well we'll All agree right. to disagree. Next week, double we'll buffy. See you next week for a double buffy episode. And so watch we'll see two. you in two weeks, Losties. See you then. Bye. Bye.